do, do, do. Is it? Oh, technical issues. No. joined by Lily and Luke Fisher of Tattertales. I should wave. I, I, it felt it's like a, a double-handed wave. The right thing. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. I'm jazz a human. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> How are you guys? Oh, Fantastic. we're so great. So excited to be here. Yeah, really, really. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, most, most, most definitely. Uh, you know, our our viewers, our listeners. Uh, they'll know Lily because, uh, you know, she's our, uh, new producer on the show. And, uh, you know, uh, for, for everybody that's, that's not familiar, Lily, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, uh, you know, yeah, tattered tales, how you're working with, with Luke and, uh, you know, how the hell did you get wrapped up in a guy like me too, <laughs> doing a show like this? How do you get wrapped uh, up in us? Yeah. That's, uh, that's the true question. <laughs> oh, you know, right place, right time. I think that's the story of a lot of my success so far in the entertainment industry. Um, I've been a lifelong entertainmentaholic, watching films, making music. And my partner Luke and I were in LA for seven years digging wow. into that whole bonanza. And um, eventually, you know, we became kind of moguls i guess of the audio entertainment like world that. um you know we were really lucky enough this is our our first kind of baby tattered tales was what jettisoned us off into the audio world and um yeah so after that we've been moving forward ever since and uh i was lucky enough to meet you through um the amazing um meme uh it? I, foundation yeah the, what is the the is that the acronym i'm probably yeah, butchering like, it uh, uh, it's nokova or uh, nokova right there we right. go um, i was like yeah. meme well there it's at, they have one that it's like me yeah no gotcha yeah, yeah, yeah okay um, but, I think that's our company, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick and Amber. 
Yeah. yeah, Nick and Amber um, was lucky enough to meet Nick at the American Film Market for another project and um, was amazed when I was there. I was like, there's such a vibrant film community in Colorado and, um, you know, linked up with you, heard about Kofo. And I was like, dude, let's get this bad boy on the air. Let's make some audio of it. Um, and so now here we are. And I've been lucky enough to help transition the show onto all podcasting platforms which has been amazing and such a fun experience and i'm so excited to get this out there you know i'm a longtime horror lover myself and uh so it's been so much fun to get to kind of be a partisan to all of the weird wacky wonderful guests on the show yeah we have those we definitely have those in spades you know myself included Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't leave us out. Yeah, in good, co- in good company. Yes. Yeah. Come play in this sandbox. They're sharp <laughs> objects. Just warning you. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Luke, I love it. Luke, yeah. Tell me how you you met uh, Lily and and you guys you know uh, you know started tattered covers or tattered covers. <laughs> tattered covers. Close. I mean, I I hope we're in the tattered cover bookstore one yeah. day. But. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would be pretty cool. Do a live show from tattered covers. Tattered no. Covers. See, that would be amazing. Covers. Love it. Tattered I would tattered love covers. to. Writing it down. We would love to move into more of a live radio play, sort of where we're doing the sound effects and yes. and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be so much fun. Um, me and Lily met in the same workshop that's a long time ago. But when we started working together, I went to school in LA for audio engineering and I went there for music because I'm a musician at heart and fell in love with the creation of worlds and the, you know, I had no idea the, or I was unaware that sound was so integral to storytelling. Right. And once I figured that out, where it's the backgrounds, it's everything that goes in, into it that makes the episode or makes the movie amazing. I just fell in love with doing that. And when you don't have very many budgets to work with, audio just makes it easy. So we just started telling stories with audio and with the equipment that we had. And we realized we had something really, really fun here. And Lily jumped on as one of our producers and um, one of the script writers, and it sort of just took off from there. That that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, you know with with Tatter Tales, you know, how do you guys you know come up with the stories that you tell? That's We're very mostly... lucky that we have yeah. a genius screenwriter behind us. So, yes. um, the showrunner's name is Joe Wakefield. And his partner and, and producer Lizzie Wake Lizzie Anna Wakefield, um, they are the foundation of everything we do, and you know can, we're very happy for them. Uh, they would have been here, but they just had they a, just their had first a child. child this Whoa. week. So we're adding to the Tattered Tales. Yes, it's amazing. Cult family uh, as we speak. Another um, little, little writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Joe is one of the most talented screenwriters, you know, that, that we, I think we've both encountered and, um, I mean, Luke, I guess, do you want to talk about four levers and the start of the, the fun? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So four levers was a script that Joe wrote in college for a thesis, I do believe. And, um, 
the budget just didn't work out. I think it was at the start of the pandemic. Was it at the start of the pandemic? Boy, before, they couldn't yeah. actually make it live, like actually make the production. So he called me super bummed one day and was like, hey, man, we're not going to be able to make this. I know you're supposed to do post on it. Well, I was like, well, why don't we just, we got to do something. It's an amazing script. Yeah. So we got all these actors together in our small one-bedroom apartment in central LA and started reading the script and, you know, going over things more and more and did sort of a production read of it all. And we loved it. And that sort of birthed the whole thing. Nice. So, so you guys have been doing this just uh, for a few years. Yeah, it probably feels like forever, right? But, you know. <laughs> So, you know, since the, the beginning of the pandemic, so to speak. Yeah, I think our our, our first idea to do a, a radio play, I think I did one back in like 2017. Yeah. And then I did more live sound. I was touring and doing different things like that. And then we sort of came back to it. So I think we have four seasons over four or five years. Four, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, you know, doing these like i mean they're full-fledged productions uh, yeah you take away the visual elements but you know you've got to get all the sound effects you've got to edit yeah everything a lot a lot of post-production goes into it you know a lot of different you know takes to to get the you know the right uh you know phrasing and everything and all the nuances in in there too it's, how long does it take to like produce an episode well, you know, it takes a while. That's why we end up doing about one episode a month. Um, okay. Just because of the scale of the production, we were very lucky during the pandemic to figure out a way to do Zoom recordings with actors. So we work with actors from all over the world at this point. Yeah. Um, and so the general process goes, we get the script from Joe. Um, we all approve it. We make any notes we need to. Um, either Lizzie or myself will then go on and cast. Cool. We mm -hmm. have a, a immense spreadsheet of different voice actors that we're always adding yeah. to. Yeah, um, huge. And so then we'll cast. And then it's really from there, it's just like kind of a film. It's the juggle of schedules and figuring out timelines for everybody, getting everything organized. Um, then I'll go through and do a dialogue edit. Um, or Luke will do that too. This season, we've been kind of jumping off as different projects yeah. come up for all of us. Um, but that's the other thing too, you know, is where it's a balance of we all have multiple projects and day jobs. And um, so it, it very much is that delicate dance of schedule. Um, and then of course, yeah, you have, once everything of the foundation of the dialogue is in place, then Luke works with whoever's directing that episode and goes through an immense spotting session, um, you know, an hours long of every beat by beat moment. And we've really developed the process from that. You know, we started out very like fully heavy and a lot of footsteps and a lot of breath work and really trying to maximize the sounds. And now we've discovered through, you know, just a process of experience that, um, there's a, a delicate balance there too of, of what works. And so we're, you know, as much as Joe is the storyteller, I mean, you know, not everybody's lucky enough to have a Luke Fisher on the other end doing all the post-production. Um, it really helps to have somebody. Now I'm going to blush. 
No, but it, it's true. Who, who's a dedicated sound engineer and sound designer and has the experience of working in film so that we really are telling a, a visual story through an auditory medium um, mm -hmm. in a completely different way than, than I feel like how most people tackle an audio drama. Um, and so now, yeah, and then it's adding in the foundation of Foley and music and background and the cherry on top of sound effects um mastering and everybody listens to it multiple times and gives notes and then there's another edit and then ultimately it's released so you know it it's basically like we're doing a short film every single month right, right. yeah i mean it's 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 pretty uh delightfully intense you know that that process um, yeah the uh, well, and, and you know, it, it sounds like it, it definitely you know it takes a small village to to kind of bring this to, to light. Um, I did uh, you know uh, listen to a couple episodes uh, earlier today. Uh, the one you know, uh, the one I, that that kind of stuck out to me was you know about a, a lady that uh, that moved into like an apartment complex and and could hear. Oh, crazy! Yeah, that's a great one. None, none of the other, uh, you know, tenants were like, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, copying to, or, or maybe they just didn't hear the rats, you know, at night, uh, and stuff. So I, I thought that that was pretty fun. That was that was definitely a good one, you know, where you could hear all those sound effects because you know it's like, you know, all these characters were like, oh, do you hear the rats? Oh no, no, don't don't hear any rats, you know. But yeah, totally. yeah I mean, that's that's a great one. Um, where you can really build that soundscape and, you know, you know, figure out that, that mood. Uh, I think there was another one too that I, um, I forget the name of it, but uh, it sounded like uh, a lot of, um, a lot of the narration was uh, sports casting. I think it was some, some kind of. Uh, oh yes. The, the snail mount derby. I acted in that. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's those are great episodes to start, man. Those are some of our most involved. So, yeah, it sounded like it because you know you, you've got different you know sound qualities you know to yeah to make it sound like yeah it's a sports announcement, but it's also providing all that narration. So it's setting up all that vision. Yeah, totally. And it was it was really good to to hear that. Um, yeah, that's know. a delicate thing too you know and and really it's fun because what we've we've really discovered so much from starting out you know the earlier episodes are very much focused like there's a specific narrator that's we're like i don't know how you're going to be able to picture what's happening um and and as we've discovered you know um joe's done amazing techniques i've worked really hard as well to to figure out ways of showing the exposition um, without having that person being like, and then they walked across the room. So yeah. I love the the sportscasters was a genius idea for Joe. And, you know, the next kind of couple that, that we're working on even push that boundary, you know, further and further. And we're constantly kind of exploring, like, how far can you take it? Yeah. Or what ideas can you play with that it's, you're not having a narrator, but it's, you're still being able to like follow what's happening with the story. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. I think as my job as the sound engineer, I try to make every sound down to a footstep or a rat in a wall or a snail or a sports announcer as authentic as possible. I feel like that's my job. So like in our nightmare duel, 
It was about a Wyoming cow cowgirl who goes and has this fight with a zombie sort of crazy creature. And so I went to Wyoming and recorded the winds and tried to make it as authentic to Wyoming and to what it was in the story. And that's what I sort of tried to do with all our sounds where, you know, you bring in that element of realism on top of sounds that people can identify, you know, oh, that's a rat, even though they might not have said a rat or, you know, all those little different things to sort of bring out the core of the story of, of what we were trying to go for. Is it creepy? Is it adventure? Is it another world? What, what are we going for? And then you build that world, right? You just start taking those elements of the, the story and taking elements of the characters and all those things and trying to add those layers of sound to truly make something different and immense. Yeah, you know, with with that uh, immensity too. I mean, there's there's a lot. I I can only imagine, you know, how many, how how deep that soundscape can actually be just to get like the slightest little nuance. Oh you my know? God! Sometimes I have to restart because I'm on like fifty layers of sounds, and Lily listens to it and is like, I have no idea what is going on there. Right. right. We we need to, we need to break down some things and figure it out. So. Nice, nice, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the awesomeness about this, you know, being a production and everything, it kind of harkens back to you know some of the, the classical radio days of you know those those live radio shows. You know, you've got yeah, like for me, uh, I, I as a kid, I would listen to the the, the old uh, you know nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, you know, Superman radio shows. Oh, so cool. Yeah, and then there's like little orphan Annie, but but you also have like you know some like uh, you know readings of like War of the Worlds, which is yeah, totally. You know that's that's just, I, not only is that famous, but it's also infamous because supposedly it started like a whole yeah. Didn't people die or something crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, um, it, it was yeah. It's interesting to hear about like you know some of uh, some of that stuff, but it's. But you know, there's such a, a huge tradition in that, and it seems like uh, you know today there's a number of people, especially with podcasting, going back and kind of revisiting that and uh, revisiting you know how that medium can really be used and utilized. To Absolutely, cool stories and spooky stories. And the nice thing is too, since you don't have that visual element, oh wow, you just set up that feeling and tone and. And and uh, let your your uh, imagination just you know take take over run wild yeah yeah just kind of spook yourself you know that way it's like yeah how that's cool is that? uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean that's where uh, you know the idea for Tatter Tales really draws a lot of inspiration and um, you know Joe and Lizzie and me and Luke are all such big fans of that kind of storytelling and. Yeah. Um, I, we're really excited for this next season coming out because it's focused on really like old movie monsters, every episode. It's like the first ep Ooh. season we've had a full theme all the way across. Wow. Um, so we're, we're really excited to delve into that kind of like, you know, we're going to have a, a werewolf. We're going to have a swamp monster. We're going to have a, a mummy and kind of those old, like universal studios, monster days um which is so great to be able to 
play off of those tropes and then add a kind of a new modern spin on it. And, you know, the podcasting kind of revolution has been so amazing for, for creators in that regard, because you really have such a freedom, um, you know, like, like Luke said, it's a freedom of budget where I, you know, I don't have to worry about how we're going to crash an alien spaceship or right. get giant snails we'll land on to Mars race. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's also a freedom to re-explore those, those old stories, you know, which is yeah. amazing for us. That's cool. So that's, that's really exciting. You know, they, they, yeah, you, you announced that, uh, you're going to have this uh, continuous theme of monsters for the next season. That sounds absolutely wonderful and, and right up our alley, of course. Yeah. And we we love monsters, you know, allegorically uh, and, uh, you know, just the, the stupid kid in us, you know. And and this is one big stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, big kid. I don't know about big stupid, kid. but yeah. they're just a big kid now. Yeah, yeah, big, big man child. <laughs> you got to keep that child alive, man. There's so many things that, like, if you can feed that sort of creative side of life and, and bring out those feelings of joy and excitement yeah. and terror, but something that's out of the norm of your day, I think that's what I try to do. I love just to excite and get people to get, a, get away from their regular day-to-day. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's what uh, good art does. You know, it's, uh, it, it can be a, a wonderful in, in escapism, but it can also be, you know, a nice teaching tool and, you know, something that whole communities can, you know, connect over. And I think what, what you guys do is exactly that. You know, I, I keep picturing it's like, you know, wouldn't it be awesome to just like, like, you, you know, you'd sit next to the radio in front of the roaring fire, just open up the laptop. Still, still, you know, sit in front of the roaring fire. Still sort of the thing, yeah. Kind of get, uh, you know, friends and family together to kind of enjoy the the next episode. And you know, the um, I'm with with podcast culture, and I don't know if this is true for like the storytelling, you know, um, plat or not platform, but uh, um, you know, genres that exist on on podcasts. But, you know, I'm, I'm just so used to, like, the commentary, um, you know, fields where you've got your your Joe Rogans and your uh, – I don't know what else. But they just go on for hours. All of them. Yeah. Sucks the life out of you, you know. Um, but, but, like, with your episodes, I mean, it's like 30, 40 minutes, and you, you've got a complete story, you know. It's, yeah. it's like a full spooky meal. Um, you know, that, uh, that you can, um, you know, digest pretty easily, which is something I appreciate. I like short stories. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's such a magic to the short story format. You know, you get yeah. to play a little bit more and the packs a little bit of a punch. And also, I mean, I've, I feel like personally, that's why we also strive for shorter episodes. Mm -hmm. One, just because that's what we like to listen to also. And we're always trying to make creations based off of a place of would I listen to this but also you know it because it's so immense and it's so workload heavy yeah we found that 
if you were to try to do a story that you know pushes an hour long like that mm-hmm. you're in the realm of taking like a whole nother month of of work to Easily. go through because it's like then you know it, it's the comparison of a short to a feature you're suddenly yeah. like in this whole different 100%. realm yeah and i also feel like if you can't tell a story within 30 minutes you know you start over because they, they give you enough time to be able to say something compelling honest you know th- that it really pulls it at things that people can interact with and if you can't get it concise like that it's like we you gotta you gotta go back to the drawing board right <clears throat> for everybody that's that's watching and listening out there um you know we do have the uh um you know the the spotify link to tattered uh, tales yeah scrolling at the bottom and stuff and uh we'll we'll post it again uh in the comment section a little bit later too but uh, you know, in in uh, the kind of uh, the economy of of podcasts, you know, it, you, do you have to uh, to sustain yourselves? Yeah, you know, even with the, the uh, ec- there's limited expense, right? But you still got equipment and everything like that, and mm-hmm. you, you do have talent and all that. Is that uh, something where you have to like set up like a Patreon or anything like that in order to maintain? We are in the works of having a a Patreon getting going. That's kind of the next steps for us. We've been truly blessed um, and and just fortunate enough that a lot of the actors that we work with are generous enough with their time and interested enough in the stories that they've been working for free. And I really just want to acknowledge that, that, um, you know, it's podcasting is a slow burn it takes you know we're in it for four years but when we're just now kind of seeing um enough listenership to justify doing a patreon and moving forward and trying to start upping our expenses but um it's really the people along the way that have worked with us the actors the screenwriters the collaborators joe and lizzie um but i mean really you know because the performance is on the actors i do just have to acknowledge that these people are amazing and they've been like with us along the way and we're so grateful to everybody that's participated with it because we couldn't have done this without the performances that's really what you know you can add as many sounds and make the sound beautiful but Mm -hmm. if you don't have the performance you know you've lost the audience Right. Um, and, you know, so so we're just on this amazing ride and and we're kind of in a place where we're like bringing all of these amazing creators with us and, you know, working hard so that the next level is really like being able to say, hey, awesome. Now we're in a space we can pay you guys for your time and move into that kind of culture of of actual payment. But, um, yeah, their their generosity of spirit has has been what's made of this show possible i would 100 percent agree i feel like the one thing that will also turn people off is quality you know if it's if you listen to something and it distinctly sounds way different than something that you normally listen to like an npr show or something like that so hitting that quality and understanding that that just takes yeah. experience you know and making a lot of bad decisions <laughs> that don't sound good until they they eventually do so finding the people like lily said is finding people that have the flexibility to work with me you know i didn't 
think I was at the level that I am now with uh, mixing of all sound effects, mixing all the elements that go into a film. And I've been so blessed to work with such generous people that have allowed me to grow and be and work with such amazing talent, right? I could get the quality level there, but if the talent isn't there, then we got we got something different. So it, it just takes a whole bunch of elements coming together in the right way. But it's all just about doing it as much as you can, you know. Right. The yeah, you know, talking about like uh, like films and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, with with without the the quality of audio, it's so easy, even in the the visual medium that you get taken out of that film because the audio is doing this, you know, yep. it's, it's pretty easy. And on so many film productions that I've worked on, it's audio that ends up being, you know, fallen by the wayside when. Thank when, you for saying that. Thank when, you. Yeah. When really you need that to be your baseline, that needs to be, yeah. If that is it's the most important part. part. What's that? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm so excited that someone actually said that because I feel like on every film set, the thing that gets cut the most is audio. Yeah. It gets to the end of the day that they cut audio or they have a friend's friend holding a boom pole. That is not what you want. The thing that will take you out of a film more than anything else is poor audio. You can have the best looking thing ever and then your audio is not synced or you're it's not up to quality and you're instantly like dude i that was that was terrible so Jim, you got to bring that in thank you so much for saying that i, I don't mean to be so excited about it but it's like it's somebody's got to know it's it's true um i've i've worked on yeah I, i've directed one project where we had quality that did this but you know, it's just like, let's get that, you know, who cares what the, the quality of the film is? Let's just try and get the audio where we can, you know, uh, it's as best as, as we can get it. And we, we we felt for the time we did that. And then we, we learned quite a bit on what not to do next time. And, uh, and, and you know, you, you tend to like, there's a lot of documentaries too, where the camera quality can be just all over the place. You know, it's just whatever footage you can get. But uh, but a, a lot of times too, you know, so is the audio. It's just like right there, and it just takes you out. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 imperative um, to get that, uh, of course, course corrected and make that yeah. you know, your your yeah. priority. Well, and really, you know, like the cool thing about filmmaking and storytelling in any medium in general is that you know, you're constantly learning. There's never really like a, a good enough. Um, and you have to kind of like go through kind of like the crap and, and making a lot of things that you're not necessarily like super hyped on right. so that you can keep going and keep getting there and learn what values, you know, you're going to put forward and right. what you're going to put the, the effort towards. And, um, you know, for us, I think that's also a testament to, sound itself is that we can tell stories without any visual and they are imaginative and expansive and and visual in their own right but you know if we tried to do the same thing without the sound um exactly people would be like the i, I can't i mean it, it's you know we're unfortunately in the 
binge culture of if you don't have me in the first 15 seconds, I can go watch something else that I, I am going to like. So, you know, being able to tell those stories and hook people in without any visuals itself, like that's sound that's, that's it. It's everything. Yeah. 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 The, uh, um, kind of switching gears here, kind of going back to, uh, your, your partners, Joe and Lizzie, um, Joe, you know, he, he's the one that, that comes up with so much of the, the story content, right? Um, you know, is there something that you guys have been working on that you realize, oh, shoot, this isn't really working. And then you, you got to kind of, so to speak, uh, you know, kind of drown that, you know, the drown that uh, child. Drown <laughs> I don't know if we've ever drowned um, a child fully. I think there's yeah. been one, The only, there's only been one oh, episode did. Yeah. that I can think of that, you know, we, we read through it and at the time there was just something about it that, that really wasn't doing it. And, and otherwise, I mean, I, I, it's pretty amazing to say that other than one script, usually Joe yeah. will send something and it's like two or three notes, but, but overall you're like, this is fun. Like, let's do it. This is crazy. But yeah, that one um, is actually awesome too, because there's an element of it that now is going to be like a through line in this next season mm-hmm. that well, we sure. did kind of like transition in, but yeah, overall it was, um, you know, sometimes the char- the dynamic between characters isn't gelling or there's themes that we're exploring that we're like, you know, we, we've kind of seen this or done this um, or we don't want to be put in a certain box. So that was like in that one script, we figured that out. And then since then, we, we are very clear. And, and that's really too, like, you have to have a good team with you and you have to be able to communicate with your team. And it's something that we've all you know the four of us have learned making this over the years is like how do we communicate how do we make sure that everybody's voice is heard and really like how do we make sure that everybody's perspective is is valid and is adding in because you know when you're working on something it's so hard to to like you know quote unquote kill your baby which is like i don't i don't know i feel bad saying that now that they just had a kid i'm like okay i have to find another i have to find another like a metaphor um, yeah, you just to, to slash your, the tires i don't know yeah yeah to like um, make uh, your, to make your soup there you go um but but really like it is you know we, we've like any sort of team you hit snags you have miscommunications you have Mm -hmm. like feelings come into play um we're all friends first and that's really a beautiful thing for us is that you know we've worked together on other projects before we did this and we've been friends before that so now working on this this is very much a project of us like figuring out exactly how do we communicate what needs to be done we all have such a clear vision and and expectations for what the idea of the central show is then now we can move forward without a lot of those snags um or if those snags do come up then we're all able to immediately say like hey what is happening here and then adjust it so that we're right back on track yeah i i think with creative projects you have so much of your own soul going into them so when somebody disagrees it's not just like oh you're disagreeing at work it's like dude no i put so much time and effort into that and like 
I think my babies. Oh, I'm going back to this, but I think my sound babies get killed more than like our stories. There's yeah. a lot of times where I'll like build something that I think is great or amazing, and I'm like, Lily, look at this! Like, hear this? Isn't this great? And they'll go, Yeah, no, that I don't like this at all. And it's like, No, but I. I worked so hard on it, but, it, but it's good. It, you got to do that. You got to chop a little bit of the, you know, cut a little bit of the fat to make it what it's going to be. But when you put so much of yourself into something, your initial reaction is, no, uh, that, that's me. You're saying no to me right now, and that's not okay, but, but it's not. It's, it's saying it's just to better the project, and I really feel like that was a big change for me where it wasn't about like criticizing me or my work it was mostly about like hey let's make the show better and once you have that frame of mind of like everything's about making the show better right then then you can get past things and move and actually grow as an artist a lot more right now that's uh that 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 is a you know a, a good insight to to have on that uh, creative process um yeah with uh you, you mentioned uh, that uh, we, we've got uh, the next season to, to look forward to. Yeah, can you tell us uh, when the, the new episodes are going to start dropping? Soon. I think well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say the, the 15th of next month um, just because we, you know, we were kind of on track. And then, of course, the joy of Joe and Lizzie having their, their first child. Their child. We're kind of now in this new space. So yeah. we're actually really excited to be like, OK, what's coming next? But, um, yeah, we have everything planned out. We have, you know, scripts written and the first episode is recorded it's almost in the can it's, it's yeah almost it's almost there. there we have a little bit more yeah. to go but it's it's very very close yeah right. and it's super fun um and so yeah you know our our hope is is starting next month that there'll be new episodes from there on out um cool. and you know it's a monthly thing so um like generally the 15th is is our our special day um mm -hmm. But you know, it's we're just so excited to to keep doing this. Um, you know, it's yeah. something we've been working on for so long, and I can't really like picture like going forward and not having some sort of tatter tales thing going. We're so fortunate to be doing a live, our first live show actually at the Colorado Festival of Horror in September. Ooh. We're beyond so excited. excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. That's that's kind of a whole new world for us. And it's, it's something we've all desperately been dreaming of and like on our vision board of, of what's Tatter Tales going to do next. Um, you know, there's that audience engagement thing. And, mm -hmm. and again, right. going to like, we have a soundboard or what are we doing? We have a saw in the background for thunder and like um, being able to have people there. So we're, we're, we can't wait for the Colorado Festival of Horror. Honestly, we're so excited for that. So everybody listening and watching, please come it's such a vibrant community of creatives and and we can't wait to be there to to see everybody and to experience the the whole thing and it's a culmination of a dream for me i just wanted to jump in and say that i grew up listening to prairie home companion on npr oh. and they did all of the live and it's just been a dream of mine to be able to do 
something like that and to give us the opportunity and, and have, it's going to be amazing. I put so much time and effort into it already and I can't wait to do it. So can, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're, yeah, if, if you've got a plan, I know it's like we're six months out, but, uh, you know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what the plan is, you know, to do it live? Like, what does that take? Cause I have no idea. And, and I've, you know, I've got a program, you guys. <laughs> so the, the, my head around it and um, sort of my outline is we're going to have four, three to four actors doing multiple characters that'll be up like a panel. Um, with Joe having a, a, a child now, we were going to do a pick your own adventure and he was going to write like, six scripts that we could sort of kick it to the audience and say, Hey, like, where would you guys want to go? And it would sort of switch into that. Wow. Now we're, we're going to do something really fun about like probably a new script, but we'll have the three to four actors. I will have a MIDI soundboard that I will be launching sound effects and, Oh, they creep to the door and I will be playing all of those things and doing all of that. And, I'll be bringing in the music or we'll sort of mix it all live and yeah. we're going to run so many rehearsals before this thing, but nice. yeah. And so getting all the core of like the world building and we'll sort of build the world in and then do it all live. Wow. That, that, that sounds absolutely amazing. You know, stuff like that, especially with, you know, with doing anything live, there's always that chance for amazing gaps, you know, to, Oh Yeah. Yeah, are you guys going to be able to, you know, yeah, be able to pivot and, and, and you know, use it to your strength? Or do you think it's it's going to be something, you know, it, you, humor is also a bit of a strength. Just kind of, you know, be able to, oh, we're just, we screw that up. We'll have to make fun of ourselves. I mean, because <laughs> trust me, I, I do that all the time. It's just like, oh, crap, you know, I just blew out no. on, on live. So, you know, it's. Yeah, I mean, with. I think as our wealth of experience as musicians, we sort of understand like you're going to hit a bad note. You're going to hit, you're not going to hit this, the exact octave you want to hit, but you almost bring those elements into it, right? And we'll have actors who are amazing. I think Heston Moser, who's just one of the biggest talents in Colorado, I think, here now. And um, so he's an amazing actor, very experience in theater and so he'll know how to sort of glide with it and be able to pivot the way that it needs to go and maybe i'll have like a ham horn or something be like wham wham if something bad happens just like a sort of kick to a a sound that sort of can mask the whole thing i don't know but we'll yeah, figure it out i mean really like while we are a spooky sci-fi horror anthology podcast, so much of what we do is is based in in comedy, and you can't really have like good horror without some good comedic moments. Right. And um, you know, like Luke said, so many of the actors that we work with are are truly amazing, incredible. I can't like go on enough uh, live performers. Um, so I'm personally so excited if that you know. It, things come up and that's part of the fun of the live setting feeding off the audience's energy and maybe there's like an inside joke that then comes up that people laugh at that we just keep going like there's so much potential for interaction that um you know what we're so i'm almost more excited for things to get messed up than for everything to go to go right that's a great way to look at it that's yeah. awesome i love yeah, that I like that 
That's wow. That's awesome. This this sounds absolutely exciting. And and now my you know my imagination is is going you know places. So that's what we hope. As it should. Yeah. 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 As we should. So yeah, I, I can't wait to to see what you guys you know bring to to the live show, and uh, and I can't wait to you know to see our audiences you know just eat up what what you guys are are you know putting down. I can't can't wait for that. That's gonna be a we lot. We can't of either. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be so much fun. Yeah. So uh, we've got just a few more minutes, but but I kind of wanted um, to go back. To, you know, something, you know, you, you guys are amazing creatives. You're doing these live shows. But first and foremost, you started out as as fans. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, some some of the stuff that you might have grown up on, you know, that's horror related, that, that really kind of has been nuggets or, or germs that have you know, really stayed with you and kind of grown with you? I'll I'll start with this one because um, yeah, I, Luke, Luke is very new to the horror world and he's just oh. now expanding his his <laughs> nice. horizons. Um, I always loved it. I will say I always loved it, but I think I saw The Exorcist when I was like nine, and it just messed me up. <laughs> and like I just don't think I could watch or get into that sort of style for right. like right. a decade plus until that happens. So. Nice. But I love it. I want to say, but go. Really. Um, yeah, I I was obsessed with horror from a very young age. The first book that I remember reading was like in the third grade, and I somehow found a copy of Stephen King's It. And it was like a shared middle school library. And I just was obsessed. Um, so, you know, Stephen King is always that that was my first foray into reading horror. And it's really was a, a huge influence on the way that I saw the world and absorbed it. But, um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Korean horror um, the film I saw the devil it, really. I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm loving That's things that are just traumatic that are like yep. intense. That is um, intense, trauma, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so trauma. But really, I think there's you know the cool thing about horror for me is like there's so much beautiful aspects of humanity in those stories, and right. mm. um, you know I I loved 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 of course like freddy krueger in the 80s that mm. that camp is also yeah. something that really mm. influences a lot of what i write personally for, for tattered tales um nice. you know i'm all about like haunted houses ghosts um i i'm writing an, a, a a script for this next season that's about a mummy in an abandoned amusement park and it's like an animatro ah. uh, animatronic and i'm so always cool. like been that's fascinated cool. by animatronics i think they're yeah. so creepy and amazing um you know the urban exploring and like shut down disney parks and their faces like melting off and stuff um it's just something that has always been like in my in my sphere um but then also like i've always had very vivid dreams and very vivid um like horrifying nightmares um yeah. which you know may may or may not be because of of what i was watching from like that was all that was really all i was interested yep. in if it was like happy it was like barbie swan lake no 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 like i want to watch the name. exorcist i want to <laughs> watch children of the corn um but that that is a huge influence to to a lot of the work that i do and a lot of the writing that i do even outside of tattered tales is um you know the weird and the eerie is something that is is just 
so fascinating to me in an endless level. Like I, I'm always on Instagram, you know, like I want to hear the weird, the, just the weird. I want to see what's yeah. out there. I, I, you know, I believe, I believe. And so I, anything that I can get that, um, kind of itch scratches that itch. I'm like, let's do it. Like the scarier, the better. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Luke, uh, so the exorcist <laughs> really effed you up, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I just it, it got more and more where I just like would steer clear of horror. But when I got older, it was just like I got to this point where I think I was just afraid, but I wasn't going to admit it. So I was like, "Why do you guys even want to watch that? It's like about death and like so dumb." <laughs> but it's not that I was actually just a wuss. It wasn't like I was like not into it but then the more and more i got into sound i realized that the the greatest genre for sound engineers i think is horror yeah. it's so based upon you know it's almost like the jazz of music it's like the i'm jazz of music jazz of films yeah. but it's about the notes you don't play right it's building up before the jump scare of complete silence almost like unsettling silence and using those empty spaces. So that's when I started really falling in love. And then, you know, Lily started showing me so many things. I still don't watch it by myself. I'll admit it. I, I, no, I haven't picked a horror film to watch by myself, but I, I really do love diving in. And in my older years now, I feel like I have such a, a big pool to sort of draw from because I haven't watched horror in, my whole life. So it's like, I have all the eighties horror and the nineties right. horror. I just started getting into the screens. I just saw screen one through three, um, which I think are great. They're, you know, I like the funny that comes in there that always, yeah. if you can get me, you know, I'm a Chris, sort of Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan sort of vibe is sort of <laughs> what I would pick to watch, but you know, it's like, I get it. And so I really love, you know, uh, I love the art form, and I think that like it, there's so much potential there that you can do. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Daniel? What what is? Yeah, that's what like, I want to know. Your your biggest influences. What are you loving? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think most of our uh, you know viewers already know that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite, and it's not because. I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, like how people enjoy things and, you know, it's like, Oh, this makes me happy. Yeah. It terrifies me. And it gives me nightmares every time I watch the original and, you know, it's uh, for the lay person. They're like, Oh, because it's so gory. There's no gore to it. It's just so well shot uh, and visceral. Mm. Um, and, and the soundscape, you know, uh, you'll appreciate this. The opening oh, yeah. film where you hear that, it's unnerving. And, uh, and I, but I gravitate towards that. And it's like, yeah. you know, not every film experience needs to be like a sensation of pure uh, enjoyment that, that's, that's happy. Totally pleasing it can also be something that moves you yeah. to dread you know yeah. and that's what that's, what that's, that film, that's awesome uh that's what that original film does none of the other films do it i love texas chainsaw massacre too because it is the polar opposite of the first one it's camp it's slapstick it's 
gross and and bloody, but it's funny as fuck. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and there's like some amazing filmmakers that uh, are coming up these days and have have you know traveled through that genre that are just absolutely exquisite. Uh, and I've again, uh, you know, viewers and listeners have, have heard me, you know, preach about this. I find horror to me to be the the most accessible. It's mm. going to be, you know, no matter. It seems like no matter what you do in the genre, it that film will be talked about, no matter what the quality is. Well, mm. you know, the award winning darlings have come and gone. Yeah. You know, this year you hear about, you know, this film won this award. Next year you don't hear about it. This year, yeah. you know, a horror movie came out. It doesn't find its audience for another 20 years. Yeah. But ju that's just a testament to that stain power because, yeah. you know, sometimes that stuff, it you know, it gets into you, you know, and it yeah. stays there and it grows. So, so that's. Yeah, that's. that's that's super interesting to like it's it's definitely the genre that can go into cult hits so much more than almost anything else. I mean, like yeah. blockbusters are set it and forget it. Like nobody cares. But horrors, I mean, Evil Dead is still that movie was made with no money right. or anything, and it's still a huge cult hit. I love that point. I think that's great. Super yeah. Awesome. You know that that film has has a, a massive you know audience now, but you even go back, um, you know, cinephiles will, will dig up like um, I don't know, like you know, Vampire Ecstasy from nineteen seventy one. Okay, and it's just it's just so interesting to to see that a film that doesn't really have an audience still finds an audience. And, totally. You know that that yeah, yeah. Uh, that something like that, of course, is like horror eroticism or something like that. But uh, but yeah, you get some some weird ones, and then you know occasionally you get um, and this isn't yeah a nice argument to, or a conversation to to have, but you know every now and then you get a film that kind of creeps along and does win all those awards. Silence of the Lambs is, I think, a good example. You know, while it's an amazing suspense drama, it's also a slasher film. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. A, Absolutely. And it's amazing that horror can go into that line. Like, you're not going to see that crossover from a kind of, like, tradition. Like, you know, you couldn't have the, the – well, I guess you do have the whale and then you have the walrus, which is, like, kind of in, like, the same – Right. sphere of experience maybe but you're not going to see that crossover where you could have a, a horror genre people right. suddenly because it does explore those themes of humanity in the same in the same way as any other film but more yeah. accessible and maybe a little more viscerally and more memorable yeah, and than a... yeah yeah the... no. uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to play out that because I I think it was great because I think you're 100% right, Lily. It's horror, and I've never thought of it this way. It's so palatable. It's so flexible. You can do horror comedy. You can do horror thriller. Yeah, I mean, Shaun of the Dead, horror comedy, then yes. Silence of the Lambs is thriller. I mean, you can do so many. You can do Alien, which is a sci-fi film, but made as a horror film. Yep. You know? So it's like, sorry, I thought that was a great point, Lily, because it's so true. You can just... 
you bend it in so many ways, far more than I can't make a, you know, a, a drama comedy or something. It, it doesn't really work as well. Yeah. The, I think as, as the viewer too, like, you know, we, we tend to uh, project ourselves onto these characters that we're watching. So like uh, Elise and I went and saw the whale in the theater with, with Brendan Frazier. Um, and yeah, I kept wondering, you know, it's just like, uh, yeah, it's a big drama and it's, it's really heavy and it's very weighty. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, it's, it's, it's content and, and some of its messaging and stuff, but I'm also like, what is the horror of that individual living inside that, that body having to, you know, yeah. you're basically trapped, you know, yeah. and, and uh, it's like, that has got to be just the most devastating, you know, human experience. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, he's portraying this, this sincerity and kindness and, you know, and, and wanting to, to kind of share that with the world. I was like, man, how devastating is, is that, mm. um, you know, to, to want to do that and, and want to, you know, be that and trying to convey that, yeah. but mm. you're still stuck, you know, in a cage that is of your own flesh. I mean, it is yeah. a body horror, you know, yeah. film, you know. It's, yeah, I could see that. You know, yeah, it's beautiful performance. Yeah I, yeah, I do have to just say, like, I have been. Uh, Go for it. Afraid. I was going to say it too. Yeah, Fred, I was going to say it too. Brendan Fraser is our boy. Like, we. Yeah. we yes, dude. He's the man. I have always. I mean, everything he's ever done, we're, uh, both I of love us, it. like, that's something that unites us in our relationship is like, <laughs> we're Brendan Fraser, like, fans. And so to, yes, to see is. that for him and, and really to be able to see him be able to portray such, like you said, like, such a a sincere character but then also something that's so challenging and and yeah. to see his perspective on it as a performer was like mm. I, I i i was just so impressed and so happy for him and and finally yeah. like he got is, his yeah. day and, and it's like honestly so well deserved like we, yeah, we both I, we both that was the one for, enough, for the I'm, oscars we were like, like it's his moment and and we yeah. were, you know it's so cool for art to be able to like bring your bring people along like that and to yeah. have that longevity yeah. um you know but again one of the films that he made the mummy like that's that's kind of a horror like it's fun it's campy but horror it's, it's horror like it, it's, it's a there, horror action film. you know and that's yeah. that's yeah i i was just thinking while you guys were talking it's like i want to see the mummy four with uh led by uh brendan fraser and and the entire cast of everything, everywhere, all at once, directed by the Daniels. Oh my God! I, I love watched, it. I watched the hell out of that. They yeah. kill Tom Cruise somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere yeah. in there, yeah. Tom Cruise's character I, comes I, back I, and they kill him. Yeah. Because that was the worst mummy film. Yeah. I like TC. TC's my boy. I, I will say I like Tom Cruise. He's an you know, actor. I mean, yeah, Maverick he, 2 is good. Maverick was, was good. great. I I left the theater as an audio person. Guys, they deserve the award. If you get a chance to see it in theaters, see it in the Dolby Atmos, they made that sound, and that film sounds so unbelievably good. Like, yeah, I came back to our house. I was just like, what? That was amazing. So, but yeah, that Mummy film was not good. Brendan Fraser needs to come back. It's your time, man. 
So that's all I got to say. PSA on that. It's your time, bro. Do it again. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Lily, Luke, we're, we're about out of time. You know, is no. there anything that we didn't, uh, you know, really go over that uh, we want to touch up on? Oh, no. I've just had the best time talking with you. Thank you for the platform to talk about Tattered Tales. It really yeah. is such an important project to us. And really, I just want to make one last shout out. Joe and Lizzie, we love you guys. Yeah, We're so blessed to do this project with you. And again, all of the actors that have ever been on Tattered Tales, you guys supporting us and doing this, like that's really, uh, I cannot yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. enough and I cannot extend enough appreciation towards you and your craft. Um, and Dan, Daniel, for you for giving us this opportunity to talk about it and to do the live show. I mean, that's where art really like makes me so happy. And I'm so grateful to be an artist because it's the community around us that makes this all possible. So I, that's, that's my last piece. It's just like, I'm, I'm so filled with gratitude that we get to do this. Yeah. It really hit it on nail on the head. I can't really add more. Just thank you everybody. It's, this has been such an amazing experience and, Thank you for giving this goofy bastard a platform to talk about stuff. So, you know. Well, you know, as far as goofy bastards go, we can smell our own kind. <laughs> I knew we were friends. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, uh, yeah, to Joe and Lizzie out there, yeah, congratulations on uh, your your new uh, bringing your new writer friend into the world. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, guys, you know, thank you for being so generous with your time and, and coming on the show and, and sharing all the, the cool stuff that, uh, that you guys do. It's, it's been, uh, you know, really cool and enriching. Oh, well, thank you, so you again. Seriously, this ours. has been yeah. such an amazing conversation. So thank you so much. Thanks. And, uh, and stick around for a few minutes while we, we sign off. Uh, but uh, again, you know, thanks for all your your time and and uh, you know yeah, your your conversation. And of course, uh, you know, for everybody that's out there that's watching this, make sure to go to the Spotify. Uh, the link is down. Scrolling below, grab a screenshot and uh, and go over there and subscribe yeah. to Chatter Tales. And it is Please available do. on all streaming platforms. So if you're like, man, I don't have Spotify, don't worry, we got you. It is on everything. So you just listen wherever you listen and we're there for you. That's that's awesome. So it'll it'll be on Craigslist too. Yeah, also Craigslist. Of I course. Think. I mean, that's for where price. everything goes. <laughs> I mean, come on now. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right, uh, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks again. And, of course, uh, to all our sponsors out there, to uh, Mutiny Information Cafe, if you're going to start a revolution, make sure you're caffeinated. And, of course, our friends at Hellfire Entertainment, thanks for rebroadcasting us on your social media. To Groovy TV and to Alien Donut Films, and uh, Angela Joseph Productions, to Bill and Angela over there, thanks for putting up with my shit. And, of course, to Lily, my producer on here. <laughs> yeah, I should bring She's you amazing. on. Yes, I should bring you on uh, live sometime, you know, a little bit more often, you know. And, oh, uh, I love it. And I'm hooked. Now, now you're going to have to be like, listen, we're going to have to cut you out. I get no. behind the microphone. I'm like holding on at the Oscars. Like, no, I, they're like pulling me off. Actually, I have one more thing to say. I have one, <laughs> I have one more thing to say. Remember the Titanic. Uh, yes. Uh,
<laughs> I was in the band. <laughs> Not on the Titanic. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't know. But. Infamous. Uh, and, and of course, uh, to my uh, uh, additional producers, uh, to Stephen Santa Cruz and Amanda Armstrong, thanks so much for putting up with my shit also. Uh, and uh, to everybody out there, have a good night. Be good. Be kind. Help each other out during tough times. And stay spooky, everybody. Till next time. <laughs> Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror. September 15th through the 17th.